Working with the right influencers can make or break your company. Raise your pinkies because in today's episode, we're talking about everything you need to know about finding the right influencer for your brand. Presented by Advertise Mint. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit AdvertiseMint, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. All right, I am over the moon because today in the studio, we have a duchess, a queen, I don't know, an angel. How would you like to be referred to? Well, I was definitely hoping you would say Duchess of Digital yeah. since we're married and it seems like the titles are up for grabs. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's right. Mauricia Magania, uh, which is my wife. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I've been waiting for this to be able to interview for a while but you've been a little busy. Can you tell people what you've been doing since I launched the show? <laughs> well, we welcomed our beautiful daughter, Victoria Grace. That name is so regal, so she's definitely in the Dutch Duke princess family. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I've just been in mom mode, and I'm super excited because... I am at that mark where it's time where I can jump back in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fantastic to have you here. And this is something I've been looking forward to for a long time um, because, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, we're always talking about marketing and different elements because that's a world that you came from before we ever met. Uh, and so it's, it's we've had some of the best conversations. And I was like, I want to give some of the people, listeners, you know, a little sneak peek into our world and kind of what we chat about on a daily basis. So let me fill everyone in on a little bit of your background, and then you can jump in if I miss anything, which I <laughs> probably will. Um, but you worked with Interscope Records. Uh, you've worked with Universal Music Group. Um, you managed a lot of talent and the social media for Playboy. Uh, most recently, you were uh, overseeing all the influencer marketing campaigns for Blink Bar. Uh, which is an eyelash uh, studio, or uh, what would you call, what would you call it? The best eyelash extensions place in the world. In the world, <laughs> and they're only in Los Angeles. Is that right for now? Yeah, they're and it's soon to be it's, moving. They're yeah. going to expand globally. Um, and then you've gone on to be able to uh, become the president of Little, which is a new company that you founded. Which is you guys make these incredible. Selfie lights, which are so ridiculously bright, <laughs> they're, they're these small little lights, but you put them on your um, on your cell phones uh, when you take your selfies. So perfect for influence, influencers. Heavily influenced by influencers, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they definitely had a lot to do with that, and we'll get into that for sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. So um, I mean, you've worked with celebrities like Lady Gaga. Fergie, Robin Thicke, Common, Dr. Dre, Eminem, P. Diddy. And I know the list goes on and on, but I always love hearing your stories because I can just, you know, you worked a lot in music and I'll throw out a name or we'll, we'll hear a song on the radio as we're driving and I'm like, tell me a story about Eminem. And you'll be like, well, it's one time, you know, we were at the radio station and we had to be up at 4 a.m. And you always have 
these incredible stories about these different artists and how, you know, they are out hustling or they had to work to be able to get where they were. And you're like, I was working with them before anyone knew who they were. And our job was to help, you know, get them uh, more noticed or more plays. Um, so I just, I love that, that you've, you have such a great background. So I would definitely, those are the first influencers yeah. probably before, or now we have like our internet famous influencers but those were the real influencers i think the back star in the day, yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah definitely that work ethic ridiculous i think it's a lot like yours that get up early schedule and just be on it and so yeah. you guys have that in common for sure <laughs> i love it i love it well i mean you know we were married what a couple years ago in malibu uh it was fantastic uh beautiful day nice and sunny little dolphins swam by and people, people asked me at our wedding, they're like, did you plan that? And I was like, of course, of course I planned the dolphin swimming by. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I sent them out to go do some tricks out in the ocean, but it was, it was a wonderful day. Best day of my life. Definitely. And now I'm like, it's a close, even with baby Victoria, yeah. Grace. Yeah. Um, well, man, I am, I'm glad to have you here. And I mean, before maybe even we begin to get into the topic, can you just give a quick recap for anyone listening on how we met? What was the story according to you? And I'll uh, fill in in case you, you mess up a little bit, but how did we, <laughs> where did we meet and, and what happened when, when that went down? Yeah, I definitely think you'll be interjecting. So, cause <laughs> this is my version. The first thing that pops in my head is the pink shirt, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so uh, general assembly, yep. that's before I think it was as popular. Um, I was taking tons of courses because I was working at Playboy and I had newly received overseeing social media along with PR and a whole bunch of other positions there. And I was like, I need to learn everything. So I think you and I are always, we have that in common where we're like, learn, learn, learn. Like we want to become experts in our craft. So I was like, I'm going to take this class about Facebook advertising. And I saw Second Street. I said, okay, perfect downtown close to me. And the day of, I was like, Second Street in Santa Monica, I don't want to go to the West Side, <laughs> but something made me throw my beanie on and just go to class. I was late, and the only seat available was in the front. <laughs> in the front. And so what you didn't say was that I was the teacher of this class, and this was, uh, I mean, I started Facebook advertising probably about, I don't know, two weeks, maybe two months after they released Ad Platform. I quit my full-time job. Started the agency from there. I started advertisement, and then I started to do it full time. And realized, man, it was a mess when it first started. And I was like, people are going to need help. And and there was General Assembly, which is a place they have a bunch of uh, locations where you can go and take topics and learn for three hours or a full day courses. So they have longer ones as well, like learn how to program. Um, but they had, I had said, hey, I'm doing this stuff with Facebook ads. Do you guys need anyone to teach a class? And they're like, yeah, we want that. Um, and it ended up all the classes started selling out because everyone was like, I wanted to, to know about this, but this is right at the beginning of it. Like Facebook ads had only been around for probably six months when you came to the class. And that was, I think one of my first or second classes that I ever taught. Uh, and sure enough, she walks in late. Like four years ago. It was a long time ago. It feels like forever. <laughs> I mean, Facebook years feels like dog years, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how much stuff changes, but yeah, you walked in late. 
But man, <laughs> if she didn't have the cutest beanie on and her little ripped jeans. And I was like, now we're talking. And all she remembers is that I was wearing a pink button-up shirt, which at the time I did think was pretty cool. It was was a psycho bunny shirt, so any guys out there, that's such a popular brand. I I thought I was peacocking a little bit. Like Uh I'm like, I'm confident enough to wear pink, and Mm. girls will be like, oh, what a nice shirt. And and this is the only thing you remember. You're like, oh, this is the worst shirt ever. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then later, our, it, our whole uh, nursery is pink. Everything yeah. we have is pink now because yeah. we have a baby. Now we have a girl. Ba- one, baby girl. One third of my house is, has become <laughs> pink. So it's all come full circle. I got to find that shirt. It's somewhere. It's I'm somewhere. sure it's in a closet somewhere or a box. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, mm. let's move to you know, influencer marketing. And the reason I wanted to have you on the show is, one, I just want to spend as much time with you as possible. But two, because... When it comes to influencer marketing, you are the Michael Jordan or the Kobe Bryant or LeBron James in my world where I watch you set up deals and create these massive partnerships with such ease. And you're like, yeah, no big deal. Huh? This person's on, that person's on. And I'm like, I don't even know how you do it because I feel like a lot of times I'll reach out to influencers and I just hear nothing back. So like, I, like, I'm like, oh, no one wants to talk to me. You'll be like, hey, what's up? And, and you just have a way of, of doing it. And so I wanted to, to get some of your secrets or see if you could share them uh, with others today in regards to how to connect and work with the right influencers. Because you can connect and work with the wrong influencers. Uh, you can pay too much. You can pay too little. There's a whole bunch of kind of, um, you know, pitfalls that a person could fall into when it comes to influencer marketing. And I wanted to, to get your advice. So to begin, um, can you kind of walk through if someone doesn't know what is, you know, influencer marketing, very high level? Uh, influencer marketing is, um, okay, now I'm stumping. I, it's using social media and social media influencers to market your brand. Um, things have changed. Right now, people are spending over 50% or higher of their marketing budgets using influencers. So it's it's internet celebrities, but even celebrities can be considered influencers too. Uh, nice. Are there any like industries or verticals that you have seen go very heavily on influencer marketing or that do it a lot more than necessarily other you know verticals? I mean, I definitely think beauty, you saw it the most in fashion when it started, but now it's it's everyone is using influencers from, if it's like a mom brand, yoga brand, tech brand, now it, it was interesting. I'm like seeing Panda Express is using yeah. like my influencer friend, so it's everybody. I don't think one uses it in particular. I think everyone's jumping on bandwagon because it actually provides an ROI. Yeah, yeah. So. And I mean, I think ultimately you've got, you know, in the day the day and age of digital, it's hard, and especially with millennials, their trust is something that's so critical for them to be able to have. Um, you know, they, they, they see thousands and thousands of ads. And so when, they, when there's someone that they know and trust and follow and they're a part of their lives, even though they may not see them every day, but they see them online, if that person says, hey, I use this product and I love it, um, that connection has already been made, which you know, a long time ago, that was only kind of done through celebrities and like TV ads or things like that, where you're trying to link someone that's popular. 
Um, you know, why should companies be using influencers? Well, to your point, it's okay. So if we use celebrities as an example, and I worked with like Lady Gaga, Mary J. Blige, this is back in the days for a lot of people, but they would wear the most beautiful outfits and I would be like, I love that. But even today, J-Lo, I love everything she wears, but could I actually purchase those things? Probably not. Her, it's, it's out of my price range. But with an influencer who's wearing Revolve or Zara, now that's in my price range and it's something I can actually get. So I think they're really influential. They're very authentic. I think one thing to know about influencers, it's it's like your network of friends. It's like making friends, like you become friends with them, but they actually are doing things and going places that you can actually go to. Whereas with celebrities, not as likely that you could purchase things that they have and probably even go to some of the places that they go to. Yeah, yeah. And I think to some extent, you know, it's important to remember that you know, influencers are wanting to find deals and wanting to find brands that align with who they are or that things that they talk about or that are relevant. Uh, they want to talk about things that are new. You know, they what they're out trying to do is to get in front of people with new, interesting stories um, new content, um, things that are engaging or interactive for their followers. Um, and a lot of times brands can be able to help that by allowing them to create stories that involve their products or services kind of weaved in to those messages. I definitely do think it's, it's a two-way street. I think now influencers are finding these brand collaborations really valuable for a lot of people, they're making tons of money and a lot of people quit their jobs to be influencers. Um, you're seeing brands like Revolve. I use that because that's one of my favorite brands that are now, their brand collaborations are now influencers versus before they were celebrity collaboration. So yes, it definitely is good for them. And like you said, with influencers, and we'll, we'll probably talk more about this, when you're a brand or a business and you're trying to choose an influencer, the first, the best step is to pick someone that already has interest in your brand. And that's where it's really authentic and genuine because they're already supporting the brand. Yeah, yeah. Now walk me through, because I know terms that I hear throw around are like mega influencers, macro influencers, micro or nano influencers. Can you kind of break down what those are um, for someone that, that might be listening that may not be aware of those? So I even have a chart here because things are constantly changing with the names. Um, mega is the million and above, but that's really like an A-list celebrity, B-list celebrity. A Kylie Jenner would be a mega influencer, but we're looking at a million dollars a post. So that's definitely for huge, huge brands that can afford that. But I think most of the listeners and most of the people we work with, that's just kind of like out of reach. Um, macro is 500K to million. Um, that's still some pretty big influencers. Um, then micro, because some people say material, I go to micro, 10 to 50. That's a great spot. That's a lot of the influencers I've worked with. 
But now there's a new one, which is Nano, which is like 1 to 10K. Uh, to me, that uh, that's the sweet spot. Um, even with the, working with Blink Bar, I would constantly get influencers that were probably macro. They were in the millions, but I loved working with the Nano influencers because they reminded me of that girl who's your friend that wears that outfit that you're like, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get that purse? And she has that influence on you. I feel like nano influencers have the most influence and you studies are showing, the research is showing that they have the most engagement. So you can look at these huge, huge influencers with all these followers, but these nano influencers, they're the ones with the most engagement and influence. And, And when you talk about followers, just so you know, everyone's clear, are you talking about all their followers on all the platforms combined, or is this per platform of kind of how they're classified? I think for influencers, um, especially the ones I've worked with, but it seems like most influencers, Instagram, that's like the big thing. I know other platforms are TikTok, you, there's all kind of platforms, but it seems like the most of influencer marketing is mostly on Instagram. It happens without within the world of Instagram, mm-hmm. and that's that's where things go from. Um, all right. Can you, you know, I, I mean, I guess back to the mega and the nano, you know, what really comes down to businesses want to make money. Um, and I've had conversations with, with marketing people that are like, yeah, we just did a deal with one of the Kardashians and they promoted our product. And I was like, how'd that work in terms of sales? And immediately like things got quiet and they're like, uh, uh, let's change the question as if the ROI wasn't what they expected from the big mega deals, but they had a big name to say one of the Kardashians promoted our products and could run with that for a while. But in terms of dollars that came in, it didn't sound like that conversation was that it was the the ROI was positive. Now with nano influencers in the smaller side, you've got, you know, you're not going to necessarily crush it in terms of massive, massive sales from a post, but you have this real potency. So how do you kind of determine what to do, you know, with the budgets that you have? I definitely think, well, I'm a really big fan, which you know this, because we we talk about, because we have a lot of clients here that want to use influencers. I really am an organic person, so I really try to not do the paid thing. (laughs) That's just me. I try to build the relationships um, with people. We can talk more about how you can do that with influencers, but uh, I definitely agree with that. I think... The for instance with Blink Bar and coming from the Playboy world, I there was a lot of playmates that would want to come to Blink Bar and had millions of followers. And, and when you are a brand or a business and you're trying to choose an influencer, you're thinking who's your target audience? Like who does this make sense for? For those playmates, guess who followed them? It was all men. Men. Yeah. <laughs> So you can have a ton of followers, but they just didn't make sense. And then there was this blogger that had 10,000 followers. She's the person I was going to choose where I would constantly go back with the founder because all she saw in a lot of companies, they just see millions of the, the followership and they're like, that's who we need to go with. But they don't have the influence and how you were saying why are people working with nano versus uh, mega or 
it's because when you're working with a nano, you can do so much more with them. You could get them to post more. It's an easier way to work than when you're going through a publicist or a manager who's like, this is all you're getting. This is the restrictions, yeah. here's the rules, everything that goes along with it. So, I mean, I could definitely imagine that there's a sweet spot there. Can you walk us through then, because one of the first steps that's the most critical is how you find the right influencers. So what are, you know, what's your process as, you know, when something new comes up and you're then reaching out to people to say, hey, here's this opportunity or here's this new product. How, you know, what are the steps that you do in terms of reaching out? I mean, you, you mentioned finding the right ones and making sure that their followers align with your end goals. Uh, is there anything else that, that comes into finding them? So. When I'm looking for influencers, of course, hashtags. So obviously, depending on how big your brand is, like I have been lucky to work with bigger brands where if I did put in like Blink Bar, I would find all these people that have hashtagged or tagged. Um, then I, I worked a essential oil brand, as you know, that was newer. So how did I find people with that? I was like, okay, let me look who's hashtagging essential oils yoga people like holistic alternative medicine so you kind of look like what your brand is and then the hashtags that are relevant for it that's how you can find people um so you can start to outreach how do you outreach yeah, that's my next <laughs> question like so once you find the people that you want what are the steps? How do you go about contacting them? You just slide into the DM or? Exactly. <laughs> um, I kind of have my method to it. And I kind of use this also when I'm trying to build followership on, on newer brands yeah. or brands that want to boost their numbers is go and be their friends. So social media is making friends. It's a lot of work though. So it's definitely like you have to put the work in because a lot of people are using bots and things like that. Well, everyone's hip to those now. Brands have um, systems that can check, like, are you using bots? Like, you can't do it anymore. And comments like, like it and love it, those aren't going to work. So what I do is I will reach out to an influencer and, you know, I, I'll go for big, I'll go for small, I'll go for them all. Like, you definitely want to do quantity because you're only going to get it that are going to actually respond back. But what I do is I'll go to their posts. You want to be specific when you're commenting. So again, no like it, love it. Find something specific. Uh, show an appreciation and comments on their posts. Another good thing to do is usually to go back. A lot of people will like the most recent posts, but so did another 500,000 people or yeah. 500 people. So go back like a couple weeks, a couple months back and comment on something and start really engaging with them and becoming their friend. And that's kind of my first step before I go for the ask. That's such a good, <laughs> such a good tip or you know piece of advice because it's so many times I think in the business world, everyone's moving quick and they want the final outcome, which is, hey, I want you to promote my product so I make a ton of money. Just do it and go. You know, what's it going to take for that? And I think they forget that element of, you know, hey, I want to connect with you. And what are your goals and dreams in life? And how can we work together? And are there opportunities? And, you know, like what you're saying, where you comment on the stuff in their life and be like, hey, that picture of you at the beach, man, I've been to that beach. It was amazing. And oh, I saw you in New York. I was there last week or, you know, things like that that can help connect you that just build it because an influencer that gets a comment that says, 
you know, hey, I know about your life and we have things in common. I like to work together versus a company that's like, hey, would you take money for a post? Mm -hmm. Like, and they're just cutting and pasting that a million times, hoping that someone will respond. Um, and I just, I see you get the most fantastic response from when you're doing outreach. And I've seen you do it multiple times where I'm like, man, how did you get all these people like in a couple of days, uh, they're all out and you'll build these campaigns and it's just incredible to watch. Um, because I think I've seen so many other people try to do it with the cut and paste approach. Um, so I don't know. I just, your, your way works better. And definitely what we're talking about, you know, for your listeners is we're talking about not your Cokes and your huge, huge brands. We're talking about people that would probably be listening to this podcast that don't have tons of budget, but want to use influencers. Like it is possible. There's some platforms you, what are some of the platforms you use? Because you've, you've actually used some platforms and we got Haley, like you've got some really good influencers. Like at the beginning, there are platforms that work as well, because at the end of the day, remember besides like if someone buys something, what else is great about influencers? They're creating content for you. So I, I've built a whole Instagram based on influencer content. So I didn't have to hire a graphic designer. Nope didn't have to hire a videographer you if you get anything and if you don't get a sale guess what you got some content <laughs> yeah, yeah I think you know with the Haley example what she was saying was you know we were looking for an influencer for a project this was like two three years ago um and I think I just went to Google and started googling platforms and I signed up for two to three of them uh influencer platforms and my experience with them was really rough like I I would say I sent out offers they're probably I don't know 50 influencers and got maybe 10 that were interested. And of that, got like one to two that I actually wanted to work with that I thought would be a good fit. Um, and I just remember being like, man, that was a lot of work that went into it. But the one that we did find, which was Haley, turned out to be fantastic uh, for what we were doing. And it, it ended up working very, very well, far beyond our expectations. Uh, so it ended up being you know, a fantastic kind of process. But the end was good. But during the process, I was like, man, I would have much rather worked with like, you know, 10 to 20 on this project. So I had a lot more content instead of just kind of one to two that, that it ended up being with. So um, she's huge now. So yeah. I think you helped with that, Brian. I, you know, I might have <laughs> launched, uh, launched She's her doing it really well. Yeah, I is, stole, yeah. I stole her from you and took her to Blink Bar. Uh, did you? <laughs> yeah. She's a, she works for, she's a model Guess, for guests yeah. now and she's, I've seen her on billboards. So it. that was it. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave her her shot in Hollywood. Mm. Um, all right, so talk to me about this, organic versus paid, which is basically, do you reach out to influencers and say, I'll pay you to do ABC, or do you find a way to make a friend and send them a gift and say, here's what we have, we'd love you to do something on your own, but there's no necessarily money that's being transacted. Um, walk me through those two options. So again, and we're speaking to people that don't have I, that's just really what I want to focus on. If it's okay that don't have huge bu budgets, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've worked with popular brands that actually wanted to do the organic versus the paid. But when you're reaching out, just know, and we can talk about little as an example too. It's like when you are giving out product and you're not paying, just know there's a chance you won't get the post. So just. So what do you do? Come up with something super creative when you're sending out the package or super authentic. Um, 
but with the paid, you're guaranteed. And, you know, these days, I would say spending a couple hundred dollars here and there could be very valuable because, like we said, you can get the contact. You, you, uh, con, uh, sorry. Content. Content. <laughs> you can get the content as well as the post will be guaranteed. Yeah. So it just depends. Like, they're saying that brands are spending 50 to 80% of their marketing budgets now. So there is money there, whether you're paying an influencer marketing specialist, which we just hired uh, Gabby over here that's going to really help with that. So that's exciting that has the relationship. So you're paying a body or you're actually allocating a couple hundred dollars to thousands here and there. Got it. And to go back to the the little story, and for anyone that's listening, it's little, L-I-T-T-I-L, uh, the product is the Selfie Mini, and you can find it on Amazon uh, is where it's sold. Um, but when it was, it was around the holiday time that you wanted to get in, set up an influencer campaign. And, you know, one, you have the product on its own, uh, which is a box with the product in it. Um, but you were like, that's not enough. And so you ordered additional boxes, you like these bigger boxes, and you put two of them in there. So they had one for them and one for their friend. You put, I think, some Christmas ornaments and then like a Christmas cookie <laughs> that was packaged with this beautiful little stuff inside, like uh, milk know, deco- cookies, which are really popular. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and a decal on top because you just want to, it has to be Instagram worthy. It's got to be Instagram worthy. <laughs> so, but you created what, like, I think it was like 25 or 50 yeah. of these and started sending them out and instantly everything just lights up. And these are people that a lot of them you didn't, you didn't know. You just reached out being like, hey, we've got this incredible. Like, what did you pitch to those people? I, I, I didn't really pitch. I kind of just, well, again, that was like right a couple weeks before giving birth, right? <laughs> yeah. So thanks to uh, Courtney, your assistant, for helping with that. But we just sent out the boxes. But I guess the goal was to make it creative and different. Influencers are getting it packages all day long they go to their mailboxes and it is stuffed with packages so what are you going to do to stand out um it could be simple but you have to stand out it has to be instagram worthy um so you could do simple things i also would say for anyone who's sending a package out if you're not collaborating with another brand don't put another brand in there you don't want anything to outshine your brand so you definitely want to put things that a cookie which it's a popular place, um, milk, but cookies, that's not going to, you know, it's not, what's the word I'm looking for has, in competition with yeah. our brand. Yep. Um, so definitely pick something that is a totally different niche than yours and that won't go against. And just the decal, I, you know, people are doing the Instagram walls and are always taking pictures of that. So I, you know, I love our tagline, let your light shine. So it was like, People thought it was so cute, so they were unboxing it. That's what they call it, unboxing. And I think a lot of brands, when they do collabs, they ask the influencers to unbox. That's part of it. Ours was all organic. And I want to really continue with being organic as much as possible. And I think the the part to remember there is, you know, what you created was a little miniature experience that they get to go and as they're unboxing, it isn't just like, look, I'm opening a brown Amazon box and look, there's a product sitting inside with a bunch of packaging. 
Like it was a whole experience. They open it. There's more gifts and they it allows them to be able to share that moment, which is valuable, which is really what is valuable to them. That's probably the most valuable currency is things that are interesting and unique that other people don't get to see or don't get to do. Like uh, everyone in America isn't getting free stuff sent to their house, like cool free stuff, um, like things that are beauty or fitness or related products about what they, they love. Um, and so they have something that they can then share with the people who are following them, which is really the kind of the fuel they need to keep growing uh, their their brand or their own personal you know, followers. And let's be honest, though, a selfie light for an influencer. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> won with be, that yeah. one. <laughs> they were all really happy with that. Like, yay. <laughs> um, it's funny because we sent two, one for them and their friend. And I wonder how many stuck both of them on their phone. Like, but that was your light. idea, actually. And it was really cute because a lot of the influencers would tag their bestie. They're like, mm. oh, one for the bestie. So it was really cute. But uh we haven't got into it, but when we did bring all the influence, we so Brian and I brought in a lot of top influencers. So we had micro, we had macro, we had nano, yeah. we had all different types of influencers come in and test. How many likes would you say it's? Oh, we had probably, <laughs> I don't know, 40, 50 different LED lights that we had ordered from. Uh, <laughs> from China to, to test out. And this was the first one that everyone was like, we love the most. And I know that there's like, what, seven or eight other products in, in the works right now. Right. They're all about to launch uh, later this year, which is exciting. And all, I mean, our company, it's heavily influenced by influencers. So they basically were like this is the one and love the selfie mini because they could put it in their pockets our really small purse because yeah. everyone knows the 2020 trend is tiny purses i'm like being a mom i can't really go with that trend <laughs> um, but they loved it if they're at coachella they could just put it in their pocket yeah. as well so yeah. yeah to go back on the point you just talked about this is one of my best tips which is if you're gonna send someone something free, your product for free to a person, always send two um, and say one is for you and one is either for your friend or for a giveaway for your audience, your people. And that has never gone wrong for me. It's always been such a little gem of what I've been able to get out of that second, whatever it was that I included in there. Uh, it's just been a fantastic little little tip and strategy that I've used. The Duke is dropping <laughs> golden nuggets. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but it worked. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do this. What do you ask for when setting up a deal? So, you know, most you know, a lot of influencers will at some point be like, let's talk money. Um, when you get to that point or or there's a deal going on, do you say, here's a list of 50 things I want you to do and you have to do every single one or are you like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send a product your way, do whatever you want. You can say it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever, it doesn't matter, do whatever you want in your own creative freedom. How do you set up your deals? So again, because so many of the deals I have done, but I mean, I guess a lot of the clients here, we've, we've done some paid deals too, but usually one, 
you have to track it. So that's one thing. When I started influencer marketing, it was right before there was any tracking. We knew that people could buy followers. It was really early on. So I worked with a brand where everyone wanted to post, so I was lucky. So when I'm reaching out, I'm usually asking for one to two posts. Uh, Insta stories are so valuable. So um a lot of influencers, especially when it's not something that's paid, because when it's paid, it's easier to get them to put it on their actual Instagram. Stories go away in 24 hours. So usually I'll ask for Insta stories. Um, and then just any pictures they can send. I'm pretty lenient. I usually don't ask for codes and things like that, but I would definitely say... Um, a lot of the influencers, like I was really lucky to work with Kim Kardashian's um, trainer. So everyone knows her. She's super popular. And every time she posted, she would literally ask me, do you have a bit.ly link? A bit.ly for everybody. It's just a shortened link <laughs> that you can customize and track. And then track. You put yeah. a, any bit.ly link, you put a plus sign at the end of the link and it'll bring up a report. That you can see all the the clicks from that link. Yeah. So she would ask me every time, like, could you send me something? Because she really wanted to to help. And again, she was not paid. So these are these are people that are super super relevant. But then at the same time, if you are going to do something paid, make sure you have a contract. And I'm also a big fan of simple contracts, not the ten page contracts, like a one page contract that says. This is the expectations. We're expecting one to three posts within, you have to tell them like with what time, time frame yeah. because they might post next year or so. You don't want that. Um, and just certain people say, this is our brand guideline. So these are the colors you have to wear. Um, or a lot of brands want, are choosing these influencers because they like exactly what they're doing so they just want them to do their thing yeah got it is um you know how much creative control should you give to the influencers like can they do anything because i think that's probably one of the biggest fears that a lot of companies have which is we're going to hand over our product or our baby like this is the, the the babies of the company that they're like we need this to survive and do good and an influencer could be like i hate this product it's the worst thing ever you know, I keep it right next to my toilet paper ha, 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 to make a joke and that's it. And that would devastate or, you know, there, there's CEOs at a company like absolutely not. Like this is we have completely failed. People are losing their jobs, at the marketing department. So how do you do that? Because I know when we've talked with influencers, they're like, you need to give us creative control. That's what we do. And that's our magic. And you shouldn't try to take it from us. Um, so, I mean, I hear both sides of the argument, but what what are your thoughts in terms of where? What are the deals you try to put together? So it's going out? back to who you're choosing. So it's who are you choosing? And most people are choosing people who are in alignment with their brand. Remember, it's their feed and their Insta story. And it's just like if you asked, hey, could you post something? My Instagram, for instance, is very curated. Um, so I wouldn't just post anything. You're picking an influencer that's in alignment. And remember, you want them to have some creative control because that's what they're going to put on their feed. And again, 
with things like you said that they could bash the brand well if they have a contract they're probably not going to bash the brand so you're pretty safe there i think unless you know you're picking a celebrity and something happens that's that's just a whole nother story like if they do something crazy crazy publicly yeah and then you're like oh my god we just use them as an endorsement (laughs) yeah (laughs) what um you know when it comes to because you touched on this earlier you know, you know, I wouldn't say fraud, but, you know, there's a lot that goes on in terms of buying followers, uh, buying likes, buying video views. Uh, and there's some tools out there, it's just giant click farms that are just going through, clicking on whatever their the phones are programmed to do. But, you know, I know some of the large, some of the large celebrity accounts a lot of times have been accused of this, of, of buying them. Um, I know there's a story of media kicks which was a company, an agency that went out and created two fake accounts. Uh, and they just used a bunch of stock images that they could find online. They bought a ton of followers. And then they went out to be, start seeing if they could get influencer deals. And sure enough, they were like, we started to get all, like no one was checking if these were legit. They saw a big number and said, we'll throw money at you. Go do it. Um, so I think that's something that you know businesses have the fear of, of how do we be able to determine who actually is um, right. And so, I mean, are there tools or what are your rules of thumb to be able to help keep tabs on who is real and who might be, um, you know, a little sheep and wolves or wolf in sheep clothing, I guess. There are tools now that you can use to see if their bots are real followers. But if you don't have those tools, uh, it's funny because when I walked in, Gabby mentioned the same thing that I, I would I had in my notes is that you have to look at engagement. Yeah. So you really have to look at engagement, forget the followers because followers could be um, bought, but also sometimes they get caught in bots, which you might know more about that than me because I don't know the technical side, but uh, some of those followers could be fake Some and some are real. There's a mixture, but it's the engagement that you're looking for. When you see a lot of an engagement on um, an influencer, that's the one you want to go for versus the one with tons of followers. And you'll see it all the time, two comments. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is there is there a rule of thumb that you look for? Because, I mean, if you were to talk just about Instagram, you've got likes, which people can click they like it, which it, to some extent those went away. And then um, you also have comments where people can leave a comment on it. Are you looking only at comments or do you take the likes into account as well? I look at both. I look okay. at both because the first thing I'm going to look at is the follower account because that's what you see first in the bio until you dig deeper at someone and then you start looking at their posts and seeing if there's engagement. Yep. So, so it's, it's kind of both. So if someone had say a hundred thousand followers, what would you look for in terms of engagement? Like like a one percent or one to three percent. So at least like, you know, a hundred to three hundred comments. Okay. Yeah. That's what you look for. I mean I took a class at General Assembly. This was years ago. And it's funny because she compared two celebrities. And there was like one celebrity that had tons of bot followers mm-hmm. and no engagement. So it was interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating because we could probably do a whole episode on this <laughs> later, which is just the tools that are used to detect. Because um, I've seen demos for a lot of different ones. And it is fascinating where they're like, you can see over time, follower accounts over time, mm-hmm. and they're like, these are patterns that bots follow. 
Uh, these are patterns that happen naturally over time. Um, and then even so, how they're able to analyze which accounts are fake based on the user activity and what they're doing. If it's systematic and there's a post every, you know, four hours consistently for, you know, eight weeks, they're like, yeah, it's probably most likely it's a program doing that versus uh, a real person. So, I mean, there's tons and tons of tools that they have the ability to use. And it's just fascinating when you see them used to be like, man, I would not want to be caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Cause I think you ultimately you just, you lose, you might get to the table of a better deal, but I think most of the biggest, the biggest brands now, I think are all utilizing tools like these to help kind of get rid of waste. And they're able to help say, Hey, those hundred thousand followers is really 30,000 followers. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll pay you. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and being an influencer, I feel like it's a lot of work to just my social alone trying to comment back to people like they are they have a lot of commenting back i'm like wow i'm impressed but but because they're always commenting back and i have a lot of friends that are influencers and i'm like how do you do it they're like right on the spot as yeah. soon as someone comments i comment back and that's the easiest way to do it but because of that that's how their follower growth keeps growing because they're commenting back all the time so that's also a great tip for brands like never let it, like a comment go you know without returning it because that could really help your followership grow i love it, I love it. well as we <laughs> as we kind of bring things to a close today um are there any any final tips that you would give to you know other companies out there in terms of you know taking whatever they've done with influencer marketing so far and taking it up a, a couple of levels any final tips or strategies that you use um, I would definitely say if you're not doing influencer marketing, you should be. If you're doing it now um, and you've seen that it's been valuable, I would definitely say it's time to start allocating some money towards it. Even if it's just a couple thousand dollars, like, or if you don't have a couple thousand, even if it's a thousand dollars, like, I think it's time that, that this is one of the biggest things out there that you should be doing yeah, it yeah oh you definitely <laughs> you definitely need to get in the game go uh hunt down hashtags that are relevant <laughs> to your business find a couple people that you think are in alignment with what you're doing and reach out to them um and see if there's an opportunity there for you to get some some of your products in their hands um i love it oh thank you so much for being here today and thanks sharing, for having me sharing your knowledge and wisdom you're so much smarter than me no not at <laughs> all <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much for checking out this episode and we'll catch you on the next one thank you for listening to the duke of digital podcast with brian Meert. want to network with other business owners join our exclusive group at facebook.com groups slash duke of digital fancy the duke Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California.